All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the uh, 10th ep- episode of Flashcast for Sons of Anarchy. With you, as always, is Lisa Schmeiser, Philip Moselak, and Tony Sindelar. And um, you guys, we have been tweeting and texting each other like crazy over this episode. Um, cannot wait to see what everyone's reactions are for faith and despondency. I'm going to start with the, the, the first... Uh, the first test that we put ourselves to, which is if you had to pick one word to describe this episode, what would it be? Tony. Uh, I will go with uh, upswing um, because, you know, things seem to be finally going their way. And probably the next mm-hmm. three episodes are just going to be everything's, everything's coming up. Sons of anarchy. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, will, nothing will pull them down. What, what could get in their way? <laughs> Everything's uh, the, coming up big. <laughs> yeah, the, the the pendulum the pendulum has swung. It's going that way, and I mean pendulums don't come back, right? They just keep going in one direction. So, <laughs> so we're good. Um, well, we've already been to the one side, uh-huh. so so we can't we can't go back. Yeah, so it's it's got to stay in motion. It's got to stay just up in the air on that one side. Is that what you're saying there, Philip? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, a- until it all comes crashing down. Yeah. Oh, so what's your word? It was, it's a compound word, uh-huh. and, I, and I hashtagged it earlier. Uh-huh. It's picking scabs. Ah, okay. <laughs> picking scabs, that sounds, um, sounds ominous. Well, because everything we've had in this episode is, you know, kind of a tearing off mm-hmm. of old hurts, but, you know... You've just got you got to clean it off, mm-hmm. but now we have we have new blood and and nice stuff to to deal with, mm-hmm. not just this, you know, the superficial stuff. You know, scabs are crusty. Now yeah. now we get the nice blood coming out a little bit, mm-hmm. nice clean and bloody, fresh That's pink, right. fresh pink skin, a lot of damage exact. revisited. Absolutely, you can see the scar. Oh, okay, it's an interesting take. It's not one I would have come up with on my own. Wow, that's why. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's what why I do. you're here. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. My word was inexorable. <laughs> oh well, now what do I do? <laughs> Pull out the thesaurus now. <laughs> well, there's something sort of inevitable about it. Um, this this episode had kind of an air of inevitability because all of these pieces start sliding into place all the way through. Um, Jax manages to uh, demonstrate the 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 outlaw strategy that's. Uh, served him so well for the past 6.5 seasons or what have you. Um, he extracts yet another gruesome revenge. Um, so again, Jack's inexorable, bringing down the, bringing down the Reaper. Um, but uh, wait many other, wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 you haven't done 60 seconds yet. No, I haven't. All right. You're right. You called me on it. Let me pull up the timer and see what I can do. This is, this is the greatest challenge I've ever had. I think. All right. Cause we have, there we go. Ready? I think I can mm-hmm. do it. All right. Starting it. Now, so Jax manages to extract revenge for Bobby by giving uh, poor Moses exactly the same treatment that Moses gave Bobby Elvis. Um, this is also a way for him to send a message to the Marks organization that he will outthink them, outmaneuver them, and outfox them. He's had a double agent working inside them the whole time. That was one win for the club. Um, speaking of the club, many of them decided to uh, have a celebration of Bobby Elvis's life that involved him getting naked and busy with other people. Um, <laughs> Yes, don't think of it as a memorial. Think of it more as a celebration of life, an affirmation 
demonstration, as it were, where Jack's demonstrated that the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else, as it were. Um, Abel pulls a Tara this episode and sets Gemma up by framing her for an act of physical violence. And unlike the last time this number was tried on Gemma, this time it kind of works because now Child Protective Services is involved. Jax has moved the kids out, back to his house and Abel has dropped the dime on Grandma. The episode ends on Jack's stunned face after Abel monotones, so did Grandma kill number one and my second mommy? There we go. All right, that was a minute. I think wow. I did it. Yeah. You got yeah, the big yeah. ones. The big those are yeah. I think those are the key things. Yeah. Oh my god. No, this episode was crazy. Yeah. There was this, there is is, what, this is why I watched the show. There was no exactly. filler. Exactly. There was yes. not there was not them like hanging out outside, like waiting for stuff to happen. It was just boom, boom, boom. No, yeah. and like the things that annoy me about this show, none of them were in evidence this week. Like there was none of this we're family um <laughs> business from Jax, and there's none of this you need to trust me nonsense. None of that happened. Um I'm I felt, sorry. Oh, no. Well, I felt very sorry for Quinn and Montez because not only did they miss out on Sex Fest 2014, like their entire episode was, okay, Latricia, Grant, we're sorry you have to stay in the cabin. <sighs> I know. All right, Latricia, Grant, nothing's going to happen to you. You have to stay in the cabin. Like, I, I felt very bad for them. that They, they could also not find willing hookers to uh, <laughs> to do terrible things to. <laughs> well, I, you know, and there were clear ticking time bombs oh, yeah. that literally like um the uh what's his name to not to the the guy from the one niners tyler oh. i think mm-hmm. tyler i was convinced tyler. Yeah, tyler. Yeah. tyler tyler he's a double convi- agent yeah i was convinced that he flipped mm-hmm. and then i thought oh you know it just i saw everything going so badly and so when things weren't what they seemed. I was just like, yes. Mm-hmm. It just felt so good to finally get like a win in the, in the belt. That was a little discon. It was a little disconcerting to me. And the reason why it was a little disconcerting is because I'm like, you had to get the win now after, after Bobby was tortured and killed. Um, but it does show that when Jack's, um, when Jack's is firing on all cylinders, as it were, he really is firing on all cylinders because this episode, he managed to send a message to the Marx organization. Um, he's managed to, uh, to get the neo-Nazis. Like he's working with the neo-Nazis who aren't morons. Like somehow he's managed <laughs> to filter through those guys. You're, um, you're second tier middle management neo-Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Your yeah. country club neo-Nazis. Um, so, you know, like he did a lot of stuff right with the club this week. And, um, if it weren't for the fact that there are only three episodes and approximately a thousand hours left of this show, um, I would worry that the club is going to get cocky and confident again. But my sense is that um, my sense is that we are about to see Jax realize that, Oh crap, his war against the Chinese was, was built on a lie by his crazy mother. And like, we don't know what kind of insane fallout from that there's going to be at all. And also, there's this internal inquiry against him because now the Daytac Tar out of Indian Hills is uh, yeah. Daytac Tar out of Indian Hills is all we're going to do a internal you know paperwork time. Yeah. So you know, for all we know, like the final episode ends with Jax having killed Gemma, but he gets voted out of the club on a technicality or something. Like that. I don't know. I mean, what a great ending. Yeah. No, like there's plenty of stuff to comment on this episode where you kind of give it the side eye, mm-hmm. um, but it was just such a great episode and. Um, Again, as much as I hate child actors, um, and well, 
and, and, and all Kurt that. Kurt knows like, that. Yeah. But, That's the funny thing. In mm-hmm. in the in the afterward, uh-huh. I mean, Kurt kind of made reference like, look, guys, I, I'm, I'm well aware that he's not a seasoned actor. Yeah, yeah. Although the, the, the other actors seem very protective of those kids. Like, if you look at the Instagrams for the actors, um, apparently, like, David LaBrava has kind of informally adopted them, and they just love him. So... You know, they pick kids that that everyone can work with, and I I would guess that's probably their first priority is let's let's get kids that that are comfortable with the actors and can do things with them and can take direction as opposed to find me the four year old De Niro. But um, what I thought was really striking was I think Abel gave himself those scratches on his on his cheek because hmm. um, he's like, well, Tommy did that, and I was like, really, babies don't cut that deep, and you know, I was like, oh, whatever. And then, like, he, he brought that fork to school, mm-hmm. and, um, like, little boy, little man had a plan there. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, this is like when Tara was laying that really clumsy groundwork about her faked miscarriage last season. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a case of, of nurture over nature. And it was a nice callback. Like, I had found, I thought that the fake miscarriage plot was just, you know, eye-rollingly ridiculous and Machiavellian, and she was clearly in over her head, blah, blah, blah. Um, but... You know, you have to admit that Tara is known for using her brain, and it's nice to see Abel using his. And I love that he has it in for Grandma. I thought there was also kind of a callback in there in that it was a fork, and that was yeah. what and Tara... that's what killed Tara, his mom. Yeah, yes. that's what Tara was dispatched with, right? Yes. Ooh, good call. Yeah. Good yeah. Call. yeah, it's it's he's getting ju- he's getting justice for Mom. Yeah. And so... How, however, uh, mm-hmm. I will make the exception, though. The way in which it was set up with Courtney Love, mm-hmm. it was like... Wait a minute. Like, all of a sudden, now you're really throwing down, like, are you sure this happened? Is there anything you want to tell me? I mean, that was, I I understand we only had an hour and a half to deal with this. It just was a little too forced. It's a little little troubling because he's like, he's both, he's using both the truth and lies. And it's like, that's a little Machiavellian for a five-year-old. But, but yeah. They actually, like. Developmentally speaking, though, they, they do start playing fast and loose with the truth around mm-hmm. age four. Sure. And my guess is that um, Abel, you know, I, I guess I guess they're setting him up to be a really observant kid, and Abel's had enough time to observe how people tell the truth when it's convenient. Yep. And um, the back the backstory in my head that's been kind of supplemented by the scenes this season is that like he gets that his teacher is keeping an eye on him and his family. Mm-hmm. And when he finally figured out that I better protect my family from grandma and that grandma didn't like this teacher and that this teacher liked him, he began to put the pieces together. His teacher is his protector. Um, the one note that like rang false for me and made me really roll my eyes is there is not a CPS investigator in the world who's going to put a kid in a room with their putative abuser and say, now, did this person beat the crap out of you? Like that's, yep. that's not how, and I'm I, the whole time I'm like, Oh my God, really? Are you serious? Um, but I, I get that that scene had to happen because Jax had to be able to, to, to look at his son reacting. Mm-hmm. And then we had to see how Gemma was, was like, Holy cats, my grandson has turned against me. Cause you know, this, this is, um, this is her beginning to see her world falling apart. Like my sense through this episode, cause it was a very subdued episode for Gemma. And my sense is, is that this is the episode where things begin to unravel for her. Like Abel has turned on her and she realizes it. Jax tells her she's not allowed to be alone with her grandsons. Mm-hmm. and They're out of the and, house. They're off on their own now. 
Well, they're out of the house, and what's more is when when um, Wendy's like, "We've got to get them some help," and she shoots it down. Like, both, all three adults push back against her. It's her yeah. against the three, and they're like, "No, we're a united front. This is what needs to happen." Like, she's lost. Like she she murdered she murdered Tara so she could have the boys, and the murder of Tara is what's caused her to lose the boys. And I, I you know, there's a certain sort of grim inevitability about it. Yeah. She and chose what's interesting. Get worse. Mm-hmm. She's empowered uh, Wendy, or I'm sorry, she didn't, but Jax has mm-hmm. pretty much empowered Wendy now. Mm-hmm. Wendy, Wendy is now allowed to be mom. Yeah. 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 No. And uh, I last, the, the last season when I was still recapping for television that today, you know, I was like, oh, please, if this show ends with Wendy and Tara getting in the car with the two boys and just dragging the hell away from Charming, that'll be the happiest ending I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> and I still kind of hope that Wendy puts the boys in the car and we see her leaving Charming. And that's like the one positive note that we have. But, um, but you know, this episode, everything's coming up Wendy in the sense that, um, you know, they finally explain to Abel why this lady's hanging around and she's, th- and, and she, and Jack's acknowledged that she's been a great advocate for his boys. Um, and I guess we're supposed to feel heartbroken that he was all, well, we decided we're better off as friends because he just friend zoned her when she was all, I still love him, which by the way, I never really bought, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it's a good episode for Wendy. One of the few, she, it, like she's the, 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 it was a, like in, in who wins this episode, she's like the bronze medal winner. And I would argue that the silver silver medalist is Venus, and the gold and the gold medal winner for it was a great episode goes to Tig. Absolutely, uh, I'm I'm on board with that. Oh my god, yeah, that was just um, that one scene at the end. That was pretty intense. I think that was like some of the most intense writing in this whole yes. series, right? It oh. was. I, I thought it was kind. Of, and, and this is and this is another reason I watched this series is. Um, if you had told me that the most redemptive love story in this series was not between like, Oh, handsome Jack's teller and his childhood sweetheart who comes back and saves him and his boys. But instead it's between a depraved corpse screwer and a, a, and a pre-op transsexual. Like when you say it, it sounds crazy. And then when you watch it, it's just phenomenal. Like both actors hit it out of the park and it's completely believable that they're both, you know, they feel something for each other and they're totally in it together. And um, my theory is now that Tig has finally like opened his heart to somebody and been like, I really want to be the man that you need that like, he's, he's going to be killed in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of waiting that's... for something bad to happen to them, like in that scene, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like they have reached, they're actually happy and therefore they're going to have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. No, but well, it was just—it's di- amazing. What now? In the beginning, when when Tig leaves Venus, mm-hmm. and you know, it's—I mean, it's really a downbeat. Yeah, and and I'm not really—I didn't catch why it was so down, and I, I guess it was because like Tig had well, feelings, and he's scared of his feelings. Yeah, and he's scared of of dying. I guess now. No, he's he's scared of having feelings for somebody and loving them. Like he can't <clears> handle he like. Look at it this way: the last few people that he's really loved have been Clay and his kids. Yeah, and whether or not he's ever going to admit it, he's going to be grieving Clay for the rest of his life. Like you yeah. don't, you don't just turn that off. And then his daughter was burned to death, and I think he's afraid that that's something that that if he loves Venus like he wants to love Venus, he's opening himself up for a new world of hurt. And you know, he's also grieving Bobby, and he's all confused. And 
But Venus thinks, of course, that he's filled with self-loathing for having just, you know, had things to do with her. So, well, well, and the beauty part of their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, it started as probably one of the most comical episodes mm-hmm. when, you know, Venus is like, it's not going to happen, Tyga. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And he, you know, he is just absolutely mesmerized with her from the beginning. He's all, Hey baby. Hey, beautiful. Hey, right. You know? And like, like you could see him being concussed with, with a crush from like the first episode on and, uh, just totally, he like totally made his move after the Jax kills Venus's mom episode. And he's like putting his arm around her and all that. And you're like, Oh, Tig, you are smooth. Yeah. Um, But that, but to turn of such a comedic, like mm-hmm. pause yeah. and turn it into something so just I mean when when Kim starts to cry, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. This mm-hmm. I mean, this this had zero comedy. Not I mean, it looked like a very real love story. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just it was really probably one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen on the show. Yeah. And I think they built to that really nicely. With I mean, he got to kind of have all these feelings this episode where he's just been kind of walking around like in this brain dead mode, not mm-hmm. knowing what to do for for episodes and episodes. And I, even I even you know I feel like they're really good even about like the wardrobe and things like that. I always notice when he's like when they have a close up of him, he's got the place where it used to have his rank in the club. And yeah. it's torn off, and the, like there's mm-hmm. the like, and it's like he's just kind of empty and 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 just you know yeah. this wild dog, and now he's actually gets to be a person and have feelings, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, and that may or may not be good for the club, but you know it's good for him. Well, and and how about that whole situation? Now, how in the world did the Aryan Brotherhood somehow know he was with Venus? Like I can't, I'm sure I I'm sure they talked. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that there's somebody who like we, we only see like the same six bikers in Sam Crow, but in theory there are dozens of men in the chapter and I'm sure someone somewhere is like, Yeah, one of the muckety mucks is, is a tranny humper, to use the hateful language of the episode, and and that got around. Either that or it's possible that Juice babbled it at some point during foreplay with Marilyn Manson. And we'll, we'll and we'll put that a pin in that in a moment. Marilyn Manson's <laughs> like, Oh, by the way, um, you might be interested to know that that Tig has a thing for uh, LOL, 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 Lola. So, so there's so so I don't know. You're right. I have no idea if there's like some sort of you know Facebook for for criminals where you know Tig is now in a relationship. Everyone's like, really? Oh, oh my God, there it is, or or what the story is. Um, that was the most gratifying relationship reveal that we saw this week um gotta admit totally not a fan of jack's getting it on with winsome the ex street <laughs> prostitute um but i suppose we all grieve in our own ways and <laughs> well did everybody i i didn't see this but uh-huh. apparently like my wife did she said it was weird because there was and they said in an anarchy afterward that, yeah you know she looked a little bit like tara when when yeah. they were mucking it down yeah what was um and and I, I want to issue this disclaimer. I've never done like an exhaustive comparison of all of the times Jackson and Tara had big sex scenes on the show. But there seemed to be a lot of choreography that reminded me a lot of the of, of the scene where you see them have sex right after Jax kills a crazy ATF agent yeah. Dutch for her. Um, 
Where? Because that, that was the most sinister scene I've ever seen. It was just yeah. beyond weird. So laying all the cards out here because we're all friends. I can be honest with you and the ten people who listen to this podcast or whatever. But um, you don't forget Charlie Hunnam's rear end once you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> And I can remember watching that scene for the first time and thinking, well, this show's got a season pass. And, um, you know, I thought, (laughs) (laughs) and I saw it last night and I thought, oh my God, they've done basically the same scene as they did Mm -hmm. in in season one. And, um, and I like to think of that. I like to think of that as perhaps Kurt's goodbye, goodbye present to those of us who've been watching. Goodbye. Here's a last shot of Charlie Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Charlie Holmes naked red. Have fun. Um, but there's that sex scene, and then afterwards he cries, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, lady, he's been widowed for like a month, and one of the dudes who was a father figure was brutally tortured and murdered. Exactly how okay do you think this guy is, you know? But she is an 18-year-old street prostitute, so like for her, that for all we know, that's like, in her world, that's Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Very well could be. But... Uh, you know, I watched that, and I'm like, oh, Jax, no! And then I thought, well, you know, that's, that's keeping in... in that's, that's keeping in who he is. Well, it's been about time. I mean, he started crying last episode yeah. over Bobby. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's like, come on, you know, you let it out. Yeah. I think he's, I think we're going to see him cry a lot more in the last three episodes, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, I, I think that's coming. I think the cries are coming. Um, what bothers me more, to be honest, is how instantly he's got her as his quasi girlfriend, where she's entering data and he's, you know, making the googly eyes at her and stuff. And I'm all, oh, oh man, no, just, I mean, I realize that there are study upon study that say, oh, happily married widowers tend to hop into another relationship less than a month, less than a year after being widowed. But you know, too soon, Jax, too soon. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I didn't know what to make of the whole data entry deal because Jax had said something mm. then Nero said something but she didn't understand what Nero said but I, was, yeah. it, I, I mean I'm not I'm and I'm not trying to split hairs but it was just mm-hmm. oddball it would be like wait a minute you didn't get what he just said I don't think you can do that yeah so or, I don't think you should do that I don't I don't even know I think it I think it was meant to show that Jax likes himself smart brunette ladies he's got a type <laughs> so so there was right. that, but but all right. let's so, pull so the let's, pen out. Yeah, pull the pen out. <laughs> okay, all right. On 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 Juice and Marilyn here. You got or, it. Or excuse me, Juice and uh, whatever his name is on the show. Tully. 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 Yeah. I I feel so bad for for both of them. Really. <laughs> Tully seems to be. Tully seems happy. He's you know, yeah. <laughs> prison is prison is not treating him bad. He is doing pretty good in at there. all. Yeah. I, 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 He's got his poetry, me? and he's got yeah. control of all the guards, and he can talk to people about his dogs. There's a lot yeah. of meetings. Depends how you feel about meetings. He has to take a lot of meetings. <laughs> yeah, but meetings like, are real disruption to productivity. <laughs> you know, there's minor things going on with his organization outside of prison, and he just yeah. snaps his fingers, and someone takes care of that. I mean, yeah. you know. I, Everything's coming up totally. Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's doing okay. Oh. He's doing okay. It's, it's, I think the thing that killed me is the episode at the end of the episode when Tully is like reclining and reading Bronte to Juice, and Juice, Juice is snow, like, "I need a lot coke. of." He's like, yeah. "I need a lot of heroin for this." Yeah. I'm like, "What do you have against Bronte?" I mean, I could see if Tully's like, "All right, now turn over." And Juice is like, "Okay, now is when I need the drugs." But but like, I think the there was the implication. Like, you know. I think there was the implication that that was post. Yeah, you know, probably. Uh, I thought it was just like he was trying to get him warmed up. 
Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, now, and Juice okay, is like, damn so- you, I'm more of a T.S. Eliot kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Read me the wasteful. That will get me in a proper frame of mind for what you're about to do to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, all right. This prison, literally- their idea of solitary confinement is really... <laughs> it's not really... I don't think they really understand the meaning of the word solitary. Yeah. Because there's like... Because that's like the whole thing is that theoretically Juice is in solitary confinement and that's disrupting all of the plans. But it's like... Yeah. Turns out... I mean, he can't get out of there. But like there is easy access to visiting him, dropping yeah. off little packages for him. Yeah. Um, dropping in little packages for him. Yeah. You know, it's just... just all sorts of, it's... And also Jack's callous remark where he's like, oh, you know, Juice could use a little loving. And I thought, wow, he really is just... Uh, wow. He, he really hates Jill. Because I'm imagining how he would have reacted if it had been say Opie that anyone had tried that yeah. with, you know, and, or, or even Tig, although come to think of it, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Tig wouldn't mind or, um, Oh, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm trying to think of some, but, but you know, like with juice, like you can tell that Jax is like, look, you know, I'm only keeping him alive because he's a useful pawn. So feel free to do whatever you need to, to him. Yeah. Now also remember every time that they've been in the can <clears throat> mm-hmm. and juice has been there, he has always been in some way set in motion to be mm-hmm. the patsy of affection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, you remember the whole thing? I'm shy. Da, 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 da. That was, you know, he when had they had to, like, to make the hit someone. on Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I mean, I feel bad for him, but well, he's also done a lot of things to put himself in, in a problematic perspective and yeah. he's i mean i think his story is not gonna end well right i mean like i mean i i could imagine him find like maybe he will eventually be successful in taking out lynn but it will mm-hmm. happen after Jax has like called off the war with the chinese or something and right Jax and then is like crap Jesus, yeah like no. <laughs> if he is successful it will be so in a way that only causes more troubles than what it was originally intended to solve yeah, right juice, juice is never going to get a win juice is one of yeah. life's losers. there is not a version of this where like juice walks out of the jail and they're they're all waiting for him and they got his vest and they're like yeah you're back in good job buddy and they fist like you freeze on the high five yeah high five <laughs> The credits start rolling. Let's get you some breakfast. You know, like that's not yeah. that's not going to happen. No, I think the way it ends is like a screwdriver in his ear. Yeah, and just oh, a slow slow yeah. zoom back as we look at his dead eyes as he's lying on a prison floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Juice. You seemed like a nice guy, but yeah, you just made some bad decisions repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. So it's ugh. No, it's it's. I feel for now, Juice because oh, I feel like whoa. he's on the same trajectory as Clay, except with no redemption arc. Because Clay at least got his redemption arc. And uh, now Juice can redeem, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how. He is the only person that can provide confirmation of Abel's story. Do you think that Jax is going to seriously say anything, or do you think Unser is going to talk to him first? Because my suspicion is that next week. Because my my worry was that Jax would completely write this off as well. Abel's obviously a deranged lunatic of a five year old, so uh, you know I can't trust the thing the kid says. He also thinks there are dragons under the bed. But um, if Jax does decide to to, to follow this through and be Jax Teller PI, either he's going to talk to Unser or he's going to have Unser talk to Juice about this and confirm things. Because we've seen time and again, Jax is not dumb. Mm-hmm. He's he's very good at connecting dots, and he's very good at figuring out relationships that people think feel like they, that they have under the radar. That's hard. Cause there's not really any reason. Why would he go so, to juice? So Mike, he believes that juice was nearby, I guess, during the thing. Or, well, somehow or juice my is guess, connected. well, <laughs> my, my guess is that my guess is that, um, 
what's going to happen is that Unser and Wendy both know that Juice and Gemma have some connection that nobody yeah. can quite explain. And Nero had mentioned something about the SUV and Juice being held hostage. And we don't know what Nero said to to Jack to, or to Juice in that when they were in that room yeah. for a couple hours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my guess is that you know between between either Wendy Unser. Or Nero, somebody's going to say, "Yeah, Juice and Gemma have had this weird thing going on." Or, "Yeah, Gem," or, or someone will say, "Well, I was wondering why Gemma was helping Juice, and now it's all clear." And Jack's be like, "Wait, hold the phone," and uh, he'll go talk to Juice, and then Gemma will freak out. But I feel like it's either Unser, Wendy, or Nero are going to end up dropping a dime. The question I have, um, and I can't believe we've been talking about future episodes could, because could, this- could she could she flip it? Well, the question I have is, how do you think Nero is going to react if Nero realizes what Gemma's done? Because, like, he puts up with a lot from her right now, but do you think he'd that, honestly still want to be with her if he realized that she murdered Tara? I don't think so. I think that mm. that's, I mean, I think that's the version where he gets in his car and drives away. Yeah. Because, no, you know, he's made it clear he's out of there, so either she kills him. Because what the heck, she's off the reservation anyway. Or he leaves and he's heartbroken and the happy ending is, well, at least he's living and he's down in Mexico with Lucius. But um, And Wendy and Jax's kids. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy brings him down for spring break. Who knows? But I just... I, there are simply too many people who can put the pieces together now. And I think Jax is... And, and, and Jax seems seriously worried about Abel because you have to hand it to Charlie Hunnam. He did an excellent job of, of playing the concerned father ba- barely keeping it together. And I think well, he's, he just wants to get down to the bottom of why his kid is acting so freaky. And if he, his explanation is because kid knows that mom got killed by grandma, then Jax is going to fix the problem. That's just how he rolls. Mm-hmm. I could just see where Gemma could flip the information that mm-hmm. it was Juice who did it, not her. Yeah. You know, and so but, Juice you know, is going to get killed, uh-huh. but he has he he can confirm yeah. the truth. No, because I figure that if, if if Jack says that and says my mom says you're the one, my mother says you're the one who did it because it was revenge for Roosevelt, you know, or whatever, or you know, with his Roosevelt, <laughs> Roosevelt, yeah, yeah, and, and and Juice can say yeah, that's pretty rich, and also you because at this point, whatever, you know, Juice would happily die at this point, and whatever, you know, I don't think Jack realizes that his leverage is slipping. And I don't think Gemma realizes the, the situation that Juice is in. He's actually got a lot of power if he wants to use it. <sighs> so, so I, you know, things are not going to go well for Gemma in the next three episodes is my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Seems safe. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. But, um, um, so, yeah, the, the things that I, I was going to, like, live tweet and outrage about this morning and then realize that, no, it will make no sense to anybody on my timeline is – the, the Chibs and Althea relationship continues to baffle me because it appears to have been written by 14-year-old boys who have never actually talked to a girl. And um, I, I don't understand any of that. They've got some I, legitimate secondhand information from an older brother that they're that working in, that the writers are working in there. <laughs> you know? I like how she seems to live in kind of a hotel room. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah well, that's clearly a, a weird yeah. venue that... They I don't can do that with the door open. Yeah, I don't. I'm to a hallway. It's it's unclear if any of that is going to pay off in a meaningful way in the next like three episodes. That's what exactly and his, the dialogue where it's like you're a cop and I'm a criminal and that's how it's always ever going to be. It's like really, really. No, it reminds me of. Did you guys ever watch the state? 
the the, the, no, the communist because because there's a there's a they had a a running character called Doug who was this wannabe rebel but all the adults in his life were way too understanding so he could never rebel and you know every he would at one point in every sketch be like it won't work because you're dead and I'm Doug and, and like when, when they started with the yeah a cop and I'm an outlaw I'm like oh my god you're dead and I'm Doug I'm out of here. <laughs> Let's slap I, I each other understand. a little bit and then kiss. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it was like we've heard the adults smack. do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like we've heard the adults smack, smack, smooch, and I'm uh, like, what is, what is this? You know, especially because that scene. Then we cut from that to mm-hmm. Tig and Venus, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like clearly we had two separate teams working on these. these. Yeah. Or maybe the whole point is supposed to suggest that Chibs is deep in denial about who he is, and he's not in touch with emotions, and it's... And Tig is. Yeah, yeah. and it, it mm-hmm. took it took somebody who is comfortable navigating the borderlands of life, as Venus is, mm-hmm. to do it. I mean... I, I do like Tony's point about bad information from older siblings. <laughs> Because it just seems Beautiful. like it would be – I could see older brothers like, like you know what girls really like? Quimpians. If you punch them in the face. <laughs> yeah, they go crazy for that. <laughs> so if you ever find a girl that punches you in the face, punch her back. She'll love it. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It's – um. also, what do we think about Rat uh, having it on with a prostitute? But then later, she's like, you know, he's back with Brooke, and she's bandaging yeah. him up, and it's yeah, everything's like, hunky dory. And I'm like, Rat, what what are you thinking, buddy? What why are you what what are you up to? Well, he's learned the ways of the walk. I you guess know. so. I guess so. Because then you see the poor woman who drew the short start straw to go with with Happy, and and that was that just looked uncomfortable. All of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just had like a real mechanical feel to it all day long. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. And that's an excellent adjective for it. Um, I mean, I liked it better when they talked about his activities off screen. Like, oh, yeah, you would not believe the lot lizard he just picked up. And you're like, oh, I, I, I can see it. You know, and I, I don't want to see it for real. I just want to say I can see it. <laughs> well, I mean, he got some pretty choice. And he, he's collecting fingers later. He had, you know. Yeah. We well, got and, 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 and he was willing to share them. Yeah. They, they bounced back pretty quickly from, you know. From Bobby being down. It turns out, you know, like a montage of doing it and then some shooting some people and it's like, everything's great. You I know? know, right? Yeah. Um, but that may just be scab just... off. They're feeling good. Yeah, that's just... I guess that's just kind of how broken they are, right? It's just, uh, you know, we yeah. get the right adrenaline rushes and everything's okay again, even though our closest friend is dead. They're uh, not well, really I... big into reflection. Like, none of these no. guys are ever going to blog about anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's they're, they're never going to examine... They don't have the examined life. That yeah. was John Teller's problem was he was trying to examine and have feelings and it killed him. Yep. They, all lear- yeah. they, all, they all learned from that. <laughs> yeah, knock that off. You don't need that. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, with in, in the regards to feelings, mm-hmm. I could have gotten into a cheerleading outfit and gone completely mental as soon as mm-hmm. they gave Moses the leg shot mm-hmm. and gave him the old eye pull. Oh, I was, I was, re- I was, I was kind of really surprised that like they got their vengeance like next episode, right? I thought that was yeah. like, it just, there was so much happened in this episode. I thought we were going to be building to a lot of the stuff. And it's like, nope, it's all just mm-hmm. happening. Like we, we go from being like, we have no idea what we're doing and we're, we're shooting the president of another club. And now it's like, no, we're going to pull off an intricate, elaborate, you know, uh, conspiracy mastermind project here that's going to totally mm-hmm. wipe out our enemies. We're going to, unite the inner city gang and the Aryan brotherhood in order to help us pull it off. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah. So I don't know. I guess they're back on their game. 
Yeah, everything's coming up Sam Crow, which yeah. is a sure sign that it's going to go to to H E Double Toothpicks right away. Yep. Uh, big time. Well, this show is a tragedy. Yep. Right. At, at its heart, it's a tragedy, and um, I wonder if we're supposed to regard it as supremely tragic that Gemma's losing her family, but I don't think we can forget that by the end of this series, we're going to see the club is going to be in a whole different place. Jax will have lost a lot more. Gemma will have lost everything. It's just a question of who's losing and how fast they lose it. Um, well, I think there's Unser a question. Unser seems to have, like, today, the, like the, whole sh- the hijinks were Unser... Um, he like, did pretty actually, well for, again, <laughs> continually terminally ill guy. Yeah, where he, got his, where he got his cop on and he moved the lady and, and shot the dude three times. But, like, then he had the speech where he's all, I really never had to shoot a whole lot as a lawman and I don't like that I had to do it now and I'm kind of over cleaning up your messes. Like, that tells me that I think that the, the, the psychological transformation he's been undergoing this whole season has been being a friend to the club caused me to lose everything. I'm close to death. I want to leave some small legacy on my way out, and it's going to be atoning for my sins. Because I, I think that's the path he's on. Like, he wants mm-hmm. to see who killed Tara. He wants to make sure that the place becomes a little bit safer. Um, and so I, he's, at that, he's at that pivot point. Yeah, he's oh, he is, and I think he's done with Gemma. I think you can basically see him falling a little bit out of love with her every episode. Mm-hmm. And my guess is is that if Jax goes to talk to him next week, Unser, who let us not forget is a detective, is going to put the pieces together. He's going to be and, back at his bulletin board. I thought we were going to get some of that. I mean, so much yeah. happened this episode. Obviously, there wasn't room for it, but no, I thought we were going to get him doing more detective work. But you know, well, he's, 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 he's working not, on yeah. he's working on a tribord. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Like you know, he's 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 going to remember that Gemma came to his trailer freshly showered and sobbing incoherently the night the Tara was killed, mm-hmm. and he's going to finally put that together with the fact that Gemma bald out bald face lied to him about the Chinese guy, and he knew mm-hmm. that and he knew she was lying and and she knew that he knew he was and went ahead and did it anyway because she just figures that Wade will go along with it. So, you know, he's he's going to realize that she knows something about Tara's death. And he's not going to be able to forgive her for either that or for Roosevelt getting killed. And so, um, I mean, because let us not forget, Juice is a cop killer. So even if he escapes club justice, there's still the legal system that's going to, like, when he eventually drops a dime and says, you know what, here's what happened. Gemma killed Tara, then I killed Roosevelt. And uh, we thought it would work out, and obviously didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, so. there's one, one thing that, like, if you cut this as cleanly as possible... If, mm-hmm. if Kurt Sutter is asking, what if your mother killed the person you love? What would you do? And ultimately, it's going to come down to that. And so yeah. it's like it's going to be Jack's asking asking himself the question: well, What do I do about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you know, does he just go ahead and offer? I, I don't what know. What does he do? Yeah, because it's his mom. You know, I don't think it's as easy as a Moses, you know? Yeah. hmm I don't know. What is he going to do, do you think? Do you think he kills her or do, do I think, think he's going to try. Or do you think he exiles her? Because the thing is, mm. is we've seen he can be a remarkably sadistic SOB. And what he may do is he could say, I love you. I can't kill the woman I love. And, but you can never be in Charming and never see my kids again. And this lets him think he's merciful while actually letting his inner sadistic jerk store, you know, extract the, the worst possible revenge that Gemma could actually endure. There's how also a scenario. Sorry. I was just say how much is that worth in, at the jerk store? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, um, 
So if I have a friend who calls people jerk stores and I just really love it. <laughs> so there's I'd also stop. the scenario where, you know, he tries to do something to, to physically harm or, or, or kill yeah. Gemma and maybe that happens just in. when the Indian Hill guys are showing up again to, you know, petition him for, you know, you're yeah. you're out of you're out of your element and you're you're you know, you're mm-hmm. going crazy and hey, you're doing something crazy right now. Um or or he further you know, for mm-hmm. example, that that I mean how would Tiggs react to hearing about that, right? Yeah, um, you know? I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like Jax is, there's not a scene at the end where it's like Jax and his buddies are, you know, drinking in a bar or something, right? Like, they're either dead or somehow separated from each other, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. got to lose kind of each of his friends, more or less, one by one, whether through violence or them abandoning mm-hmm. him. Um, and the question is, are any of them smart enough to abandon him? <laughs> Yeah. All right, so what's the but but and that's a good question because Tig, if Tig were to find out, or anybody else in the club for that matter, yeah, they're gonna want blood because okay, you have Bobby dead mm-hmm. because yeah. of Gemma, mm-hmm. yeah. Who? Well, I mean, what's what's the death toll on Sam's Sam Crow's Sam Crow's side? Well, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, there's a, there's um. Jury, yep. <laughs> although that was Jack's lying about that. Yep. There's, but based there, around there's, the lie. There's like literally a cast of thousands that's been gunned down this year because of, of Gemma's lie. The, all, <laughs> all of the Diosa girls. Because here's the thing is if, is if Jax outs Gemma to Nero with, she lied about the Chinese, it was her that killed my wife. And Nero's like, you mean that 30 of my subordinates got gunned down because of you and this, this Interesting. Gang? Yeah. Because, you know. Nero loves Gemma, but he's also a, uh, he's a businessman. You would think that he would be a little worked up that his wife would, or his girlfriend was uh, messing with his, uh, his livelihood that way. So, uh, no, it's, it's, I, they're, they're finally, I'm, I'm pleased that they're finally pulling the, pulling the pin out on the whole, Je- it, it's about to get bad for Gemma thing, because let's, let's face it, we've all been waiting for this. You know, the whole season has been, when is Jack's going to find out? Yeah. And so I, I'm pleased it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was due. Yeah. It was way due. I, I mean, it was a sweet setup to, yeah. I mean, it, the, the pendulum had, had swung full, full throttle. And mm-hmm. at the end, you know, you get like the double take and then yeah. Reaper. And I was just like, I can, I'm satisfied with that. It makes me angry because I want to see more. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's good. That's, you know I mean, what's you know what's funny is I I didn't see it as a double take I saw it as like a piece falling into place mm-hmm. where where because the look on Jax's face didn't seem to be to me it didn't seem to be a double take to me it seemed to be like aha because he know? understands that that you know Tara and Gemma hated each other right I mean that's yeah that well it's it, not a far stretch yeah you know, I don't think it's necessarily it, it was um. And I'll and like I like I've been telling Philip almost every episode, the most tragic love story in this whole series has been Tara and Gemma because they really could have you know been good for each other. Like Gemma, obviously, in her twisted, perverse little heart, she she is a mother. And the truth is, is that in this whole series, she's been your nightmare mother, but um, sort of like Grendel's mom. But <laughs> you know, there's something in in, ser- in season two, series two. You can tell I watch British TV. There's something in season two where she says, you know, God made me to be his righteous mom. And at the time you're kind of rolling your eyes because it's, it's basically self-serving egotism coming from her. But like the real tragedy of her whole character is that under different circumstances, she really could have been like a nurturing mm-hmm. mother figure who improved lots of people's lives. 
And Tara was this motherless child, you mm-hmm. know, and and the way the character always played herself was as somebody who has always felt unmothered and unnurtured and misses it and has learned to live without it. So mm-hmm. like these two really had a need that the other person could have filled and they never did because of, of their own flaws and their own blindnesses. And that was the big tragedy to me was that they had this, this really volatile love and they didn't know how to, how to have, how to, how to love each other constructively. So there's that, but I think Jax knows that his mom is certainly capable of killing people because she's done it before around him mm-hmm. where he said to clean up the mess. And, uh, it would not surprise me if, um, you know, after Abel's inquiry, he's like, okay, the fact that my mother's a nut bar, the fact that my mother was angry at Tara after Tara pulled the miscarriage BS, the fact that my, I was about to go down with a deal. Like, again, he's got a good mind. He's graded inferences. I think he's going to put the pieces together and he's basically going to like lean on Unzer and possibly Wendy or, or Juice with, how much do you know? What do you know? Or, or you know. <laughs> Well, there's like just a tinge of Schwarzenegger in there, and I there love is, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's because he has a problem with the R's and the and the vowels. Like his A's and his O's are really interesting to me because they, they like his accent is all over the place. It's you acting. Know? Oh, bless it's so, sort of. I mean, bless um, his heart, but it's all over the place. So Jack's all he has to do is put up one follow-up question to Abel and yeah. say, why do you say that? Why mm-hmm. are you saying that? Exactly, yeah. And Abel has and, to and say it, something non-crazy, right? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. But he always got to say is, well, and I that could be, did overhear Grandma saying that he twice. He said Grandma told that to Thomas. Yeah. And, uh, and that could be the first five minutes of the next episode, or it could yeah. be, or Jax gets totally sidelined by an episode and a half of, you know, whatever yeah. crazy hijinks they have to deal with, right? Because they're yeah. from all the other loose threads. Like next week, Moses and Lynn both get out of jail on the same day and meet for lunch <laughs> down in Oakland. They're like, all right, like we got to wave Charming off the map. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you know, uh, I, I was do, waiting for the I, Indian Hill guys to show up. I mean, I don't know if are we going to see them again before we see them the last no, time. Fortin right? Bross, Fort La- Bross barely last scene, factors last scene, into the last, last episode. Yeah, totally. I think I think Fortin Bross is going to come in and, and do his, uh, you know, Fortin Bross thing, where <laughs> where, he, where, where uh, you know Daytac Tar of Indian Hills takes over everything because he's like right place, right time. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> the series is going to end on a down note. It's going to have yeah. things to say, and I think the things it's going to say is that violence is a cycle that perpetuates itself. Um, people lose everything. The stakes are small and getting even smaller and uh, nobody can survive this life for long. I mean, when you think about it, it's remarkable that Chibs and Tig are still around. Tigs and, v- Tig and Venus should just, they should just leave, open up a bread and breakfast. I know. know it would be the best bread and breakfast. That, ever, that would be a legitimate spinoff to this show. Oh God. I would love that so much if they did that. Like forget the prequel that they keep talking about. I want to see Tig and Venus opening up a B and B and like running mm-hmm. a group on. Yeah. yeah. And if it was seriously done right. Yeah. Respectfully. It, it would be, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it could be <laughs> extremely <I'm> strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really could be something very, very interesting. But uh, you know, I we know it's never going to fly. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that FX is. You know, that's not yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't think that's really within their their core competency. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> here we go. Summer show. They're they're lighthearted. Yeah, it'll be the Lego Channel. Okay. You know the. I mean, that's ripe for the plucking. They'll just get uh, Goggins and, and Kim. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna continue. It'll go horribly. It yeah. won't. It, you know. But they could do a couple uh, a short series on life on the road. 
with Tig and Venus. In a Winnebago, yeah. Right. Oh my gosh, I would love that if they just did like little short five-minute movies every, every once Webisodes. and again. Webisodes, right? yeah. There you yes, go. oh please. The thing is, and... They should maintain a travel blog. That would be, I would read that. Um. I, and, and I, this is, this, is, this is my I am not a crackpot moment for this episode, but I am not a crackpot when I insist that Walton Goggins is one of the great romantic actors of our time because he has sold the hell out of this love story and then over on Justified, you, yeah, see him, yeah. you see him eating his liver out for Ava and you're just like, oh my God, when this, like, I would... Actually, I don't want to know what his personal life is like because I don't want to be disappointed. But, like, the way he plays, you know, he plays these characters who throw themselves 100% into these epic, bad idea love stories. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I would watch you do that over and over again. So, Well, I think I think probably his private life deals a lot in oral uh, dentistry and oral hygiene, yeah. uh, number one. But <laughs> number two is, you know, his characters in The Shield – now I haven't seen Justified. Is that worth yes. a watch? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love Justified so much. It's, okay. it's such a smart show. Um, I have to admit that the last season went sideways for me, but I think that's because Michael Rapaport was on as a full time guy, and I have strong negative feelings about him based on having to recap him from Prison Break. So, <laughs> so that that is a criticism that only one person in America will have, and you've just heard it from her. <laughs> First of all, you want, you're, are you ready for my connection to Prison Break? Yes, I am. All right. I went to high school with Wentworth Miller. Oh, yeah? And see, I don't really – he's just – he's funny to me because it doesn't matter what I watch him in and especially just recently on The Flash. Yes, uh-huh. where he's Captain yes. Cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, he's that's great. Right. He's yeah. basically evil Michael Schofield on The Flash and I love yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, well, here's the thing though. See, I remember Wentworth at gym class. And we used to play this game called Cage Ball. Cage Ball was a giant ball. It was probably to the you know size, height of like your neck and chest. The object of Cage Ball was to get your the ball to hit the other side of the gym. Mm -hmm. So imagine one ball with a bunch of high school guys. Mm -hmm. Now, no one, I shouldn't say no one, Wentworth had his own issues with just being a little conceited and, and, and some of the guys maybe didn't like that too much uh-huh. and they were able to somehow get him onto the ball and his fingers got in the laces and he couldn't get out of it. And they, <laughs> and they kept rolling it until it hit the wall <laughs> and it broke his nose <laughs> Oh, poor guy. <laughs> it, and then I feel bad because I was in an art and literature magazine for the for for the at the high school. Uh-huh. And and I was art editor and so I I didn't give a, any much thought to literature. That just mm-hmm. wasn't my my as Tony might say a core competency. Mm-hmm. And one time he wrote a, a huge short story. Mm-hmm. And the opening lines was, it was a Saturday night and she was fingering the plant, the leaves of a plant. What do I say? Because, you know, I'm because not reading real. Yeah. Right. I just said it, it was a Saturday night live because I was big into Saturday night live and immediately, you know, like said that. And I had to read this whole like short story out loud. And I felt so bad because, I mean, like I butchered it and uh-huh. I could tell he spent a lot of time on it. But anyway, that's my Wentworth Miller story. Mm. 
Oh my god. So um when I recapped Television That Pit when I recapped Prison Break for Television That Pity, there was a core group of people who really loved Wentworth Miller. I liked like, him on that show. I don't I don't I don't know how much I remember about that show. Did you write major fan, details. Did you write fanfic about Michael Schofield? Or I did, did you not. write did you write fanfic where you met Wentworth Miller and you went off together and, and had he adventures? Seemed, I feel like, you know, he seemed like a cool guy. You know He seems like a fun hang, but yeah. like the <laughs> But like the, the point is these girls were so crazy about him that like one of them actually went to Princeton and dug up his undergraduate thesis and wow. posted it online so that they could all marvel at how he talked about the imagery in um, Jane Eyre and the Wide Sargasso Sea, because I guess that's what he does. And I just remember being horrified that, that love in the internet age means digging up somebody else's homework from 10 years ago. It was just bizarre. And I've always, um, I've always enjoyed when he's on screen because... You know, he does seem like an intelligent guy. And we're talking about actors. <laughs> yeah, see, look, you're all, you're all, you're all hot to trot for him. Look, no, I can not show really, you my yearbooks. I, I'll show I, you oh, my yearbooks oh God, and you'll see. Them, yeah. no, I, no, because nobody looks good in high school. It's horrifying. Um, no, anyway, the point is, Whitworth Miller would be great on, on, on Sons of Anarchy. Not going to happen because they just wrapped. But... <laughs> I think we should all meet and start talking about The Flash after this. I love. I'm enjoying The Flash a lot. I love so. it, and I need someone to talk about that in Arrow. With, like, so. I'm not a big fan of DC. Uh huh. Yeah, more of a Marvel girl, but DC does better TV. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm slightly you, more I, of a I'm, DC fan than a Marvel fan. So, but yeah, really. See, like yeah. characters like like Man Eater Lad, like <laughs> that kind. That's the kind of stuff that Matter like, Eater Lad the, and DC. Yeah, when you've got the um, oh, what are they called? It's um. Yeah, they're from the future because yeah. Super Superboy hangs out with them sometimes. And um, yeah, it's, it's called dumb. Oh, it's sorry. dumb. Yeah. But, no, it's, but it's hilarious. I collected this during the beginning of the Audis because it was uh, Kitson and Wade did the mm-hmm. series. I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm gonna have to Google it. I'm so sorry, all of you who come from motorcycles and talk we'll about cut all this have, out. I'm yeah. sorry. Right, right. I'm yeah. sorry if we actually edit this. So, but that's fine. But yeah, it's it's anyway. Mainly, um, it's like I'm very very Legion of superheroes. That's what I'm thinking. Of. I'm very Legion into Batman, and all this other stuff kind of sneaks in as part yeah. of the the Batman continuity. So, um, <sighs> no, no, yeah, I'm I would. De- I I could definitely talk about the Flash. I, but the thing is, I'm coming up from from a complete like neophyte. Yeah. Because, I think that's okay, like, though. I mean, the care, the, like, I don't know anything about like what Felicity Smog Smoke. Yeah, no, smog. she was pretty much made up for the. Uh, oh, okay, okay. She was made up for the series, and and, um, and they do a weird. So here's mix. The thing, again, here's the thing about Felicity: she was supposed to just be like a one-off background character, except the actress has crazy chemistry with like everybody she's ever had a scene with, and. Um, Somebody who is in the writing room realized this, and they also realized that who watches the CW, and the answer is all of yeah. Tumblr. Yes. And um, <laughs> they were like, well, this character is basically tailor-made for the Tumblr age because she's female, she likes looking good, and yet she's a genius and bad with boys, and that is basically yeah, what that every is Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, Yeah. And so so she's, she's your first Tumblr age superhero. The episode, I feel like the episode they just had recently where it's ever in college was like, let's oh, mine that God. further. Let's yeah. go, let's oh, go deeper. Because they, they make her a god. Yes. Oh, Oh, that was I thought that was adorable. So they make now, her was that like, part of the Flash or was that on Arrow? That was on that Arrow. That was on Arrow. Yeah, she oh. she had like a pop up in Flash because <clears throat> when they shot this, I guess they thought that the Flash might need the oomph from um, Arrow and did not realize that the Flash is actually a substantially more fun show. Yeah, and that people who think Arrow is too much up its own head actually really love and enjoy the Flash because the Flash is fun. Oh, the Flash is so much fun. fun. Is so. the, do you not do you watch Flash but not Arrow? Or, I watch I, them both. I love I, them okay. both. 
Yeah. I see. I I I started Arrow. There's a lot more brooding in Arrow. You have to be okay with brooding. So yeah, and flashbacks. It's the worst. Yeah. See, that's the part that kind of throws me. It's like, look, it's like trying to take me down a lost path. I'm like, Mm -hmm. come on now. We we can't keep doing this. Mm. And so that's why I can kind of stick with the Flash, and I don't have to. I understand that there's a a bigger plot line, and that's great. Fine. Mm -hmm. But first of all, why they haven't used this yet? at least to my knowledge, is, you know, the Flash, he's fast. Like, do you imagine how, like, getting punched by the Flash? Yeah. You you couldn't catch your breath fast enough. No. Fortunately, Barry looks like he doesn't even want to hit a kitten, so <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, even well, if he and, just slapped you a few times, it would and, be... <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate from a, you know, from the, the fake science that they're trying to inject, even in the most recent episode where he's like, I need to run up a building, how do yeah. I do that? I have to run across water. Because, I mean, I guess that would be the, I mean, that's a problem, right? For now, mm-hmm. since he's yeah. just, you know, he's still like this kind of little guy, like, yeah. he, if he punches someone while he's running really fast, like, that's going to hurt his hand a lot, too, right? Yeah. Um, and he Plus heals he faster, eat- but he's not not, yeah. He doesn't have he's, super. Yeah. They do a really nice like he he has super speed, but not super strength. And it turns out yeah. it would be really convenient to have super strength when you're moving at you know crazy speeds. Yeah. So and then you have to eat 850 times. Yeah, they do. They so. borrowed that from one of the cartoons, which I I found yeah. adorable. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. in the oh cartoons, okay. <laughs> Flash is just constantly eating. So all of you who are listening to the Sons of Anarchy Flashcast, I think we've basically signaled that we're moving to the Flash next. Sorry, oh, right, could, so it's. The Flash Flashcast. Flash, Seriously, flash if cast, you guys yeah. are interested in doing a Flash Flashcast, I would love that. I'm down. All right. Yeah, I'm down. Yay! I'm the I just squealed. I'm sorry. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> but um, anyway, this episode... Real, real quick, DC mm-hmm. lovers. I, I have to ask because, again, I got to ask. Mm-hmm. Are, are all these characters going to be, like, are these actors set for Justice League? No. Um, They're actually doing different actors yeah, for Justice League. Yeah, it's all League. different. It's a whole different Flash actor. Um, my guess is they're probably going to put the Green Lantern on ice for a few more years until people forget that Ryan Reynolds played him, and then they'll bring that back. Um, they have well, because he's got he's got to play what's yeah. his face Deadpool. Yeah, my my guess is that they'll have. Um, my guess is is that they'll do, for lack of a better word, the B team on TV. Like they're bringing in the Black Canary. Um, it seems to me pretty obvious that they're setting up Felicity Smoke to be Oracle. Um, or something, yeah. They've already had the Huntress, so you've basically got the whole Birds of Prey thing going on with Green Arrow, as is meat and proper. Uh, but you're not going to see, you're never going to see Superman. Um, and I think Bruce Wayne is going to be kind of like mentioned. For example, they've already had a throwaway reference to in in like one of the episodes of Flash when uh, Harrison is looking at his paper from the future. There's a item in there about Queen Consolidated merging with Wayne Industries. Mm-hmm. So obviously Bruce Wayne or Wayne Industries lives on and Bruce Wayne is still in that universe. He's just never seen and never spoken to and in, is in fact a completely boring child actor on a completely different network. <laughs> so, so so there's that. I love parts of Gotham. This is why I keep watching. It's like it's half a good show. So Yeah, <laughs> See, but the math, that math is about right. <laughs> yeah. But, but the only but, problem is mm-hmm. like – if the girls want to watch, I, I can't have the girls watch that. Like at first they no. were interested in it, and no, I was no. like, "Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's." I would, I would actually have problems with my middle school kid watching it to be fair. No, it's because pretty I think grim. what they're doing the Jada Pinkett stuff is awful. Yeah, but um, no, it's to get back. I was super stupid excited about Sons of Anarchy because this was this is why I watched the show is to see the payoffs and to see the callbacks to the characterization and the development, and. um I gotta be honest. When the penny dropped for me this week, that Abel was doing the same thing that that his mom had tried a season before, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" You know, it was just such a great. Uh, 
oh, such a great thing. And, and that this kid is so desperate to get out from his grandma and he's so angry and grieving and so worried for himself and his brother that he, that he will fork himself to, to, to set up grandma and get her out of the way. And the fact that Jax is like, look, he's got it in for you, mom. I can't have you two together. Like, I think he's going to start paying attention to, to, to Abel's warning signs. And, and Jax actually acted like a father for yes. like yeah. the first time in, you know, this season, at least. Yeah. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready. I mean, I, it was slightly telegraphed mm-hmm. when he was going to give, give, give Wendy basically the yes, your mom. Yeah. But I, I, it was still kind of emotionally like gripping. Like and that was good. I I was I was ready for something to happen with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to start wrapping up now in three episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there was an interview with Peter Weller because he was one of the last directors to to help wrap the show, and he was saying, "Look, in this series, he's like he's like episode eleven is obviously the the dramatic climax, and then he's like the last two episodes are just denouement for the whole series." Wow. So I'm kind of looking forward to to next week, which is uh, you know. Episode eleven because something big like something big somewhere is going to happen. We, we're going to get to Ham- we're going to get to Hamlet's play or 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 some other catharsis, and then twelve and thirteen. I mean, there's all this outlaw business that Jax now has to untangle once he figures out it's built on lies. There's the question of how to parent his kids, assuming he's around them at all. Um, I live in hope that CCH Pounder is coming back for a couple of episodes because she was only in like two and I think they had her on the hook for five. Um, oh yeah. So she could we, be in the last three total. Oh, I hope so. That would be and, good. You know, we have to find out what's going to happen with juice. We have to see if Tig and Venus managed to get that RV and take a road trip up the coast. Um, oh, juice is going to talk to CCH. I hope so. I hope he, I hope he brokers a deal where he's like, yeah, I killed Roosevelt and I'm really sorry about that. And I deserve to fry for it, but let me give you a lot of information on other people first. And then you can just keep me at the Pelican Bay. I hope that's where they go with it. And I'm tired of getting my anus ripped. Yeah. Although they did have Vaseline. So I thought that was, you know, that's, that's... yeah, that was, that wasn't, I mean, look, Tully's a nice guy in that regard. Yeah. He is the nicest, no eyebrows guy you will find in solitary confinement. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh! And he, lo- he loves poetry. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of relieved that, like, in, as far as the stunt casting went this season, he's he was actually like a surprisingly good choice because I was worried when they're like, "Oh, this person is going to be on Sons of Anarchy," and this person, this person, I'm like, "Oh no!" And it's all worked out really well so far. And they only had Leah Michelle one episode, which is a win for all of us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I got to, you know. I'll even say Courtney Love was actually fairly decent in this episode. Yeah. I mean, she didn't play in, well, I, I can't say integral role, but she is like kind of the grease on the chain. She I mean, managed she is- to channel a motherhood in some way. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, what was really striking was Gemma was, you know, openly antagonistic towards the preschool teacher in front of the vice principal. And Jax is giving his mama look like, you know, you really are too much. And, uh, I think what this shows is that everybody in Gemma's life, like she's, she's basically hit everybody's last nerve. Like that, you know, Nero seems to just be ground down and done. And, uh, you know, like, like, like we've already covered Unser's out of love with her. And I, I think at this point, Jax is like, you're really not doing enable any favors. And, and perhaps now he'll be like, and by the way, you've killed my wife. <sighs> so. 
She's done. I hope so. I don't think she's dead, though. I, I just have that feeling. I can't. I'm, no, it would I, be I'm worse for her to, to be alive. Back. It would be worse right. for her to be alive in exile from everything that she loved and worked for. <laughs> she's going to go back to her restaurant. Mm. That would be awful. Oh, God, that would be the worst ending. If you see her, like, wearing some stupid maid uniform next to Gertie. Pour, pouring coffee. Yeah. As, a tum- maybe, as the tumbleweed blows by outside. Although maybe you see her getting overly invested in Gertie's life with her son and you realize that Gemma's just going to start again. It's like some bleak, horrible cycle. I, I really feel like the last episode is going to be like, oh, and it's cyclical and, and nobody learns from their mistakes. And, you know, this has just been one long, sordid episode. <sighs> hey, look, I'll, I'll say it like, like Gregory House would have said it. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no one's going to change. Everybody yeah. lies. Oh, okay. On that depressing note, let's finish. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am very much looking forward to next week. Me too. And we'll Big see. time. All right. Yeah. All right. As usual, thank you for listening to a whole hour of us um, and our wild segues to Wentworth Miller's backstory. <laughs> That's right. The, the CW DC Comics, um, the Justice, the, the Legion of Justice or whatever it was called. Um, and... Uh, what 14-year-old boys may or may not know about girls based on the internet and over their older brothers. <laughs> As per usual, I'm Lisa Schmeiser. I'm Phil Moselak. I'm Tony Sindelar. All right. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.